friends. We've missed you. But we're back. We're here. To talk about comics. Welcome to the XY Podcast. How dare you. You introduced us. I was being kind because you didn't have something on the top of your brain to say. I did not offer a switch of roles. So anyway, Justin has just waved his hand at me going, okay, fine, do the intro. So welcome to the XY Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. (laughs) Don't be a poopy pants. We're back, we're here, we're ready. We're going to talk about last week's comics. We've got... On New Comic Book Day Eve, it feels new like... comic book. This is usually when we record our afterthoughts for the Patreon. We haven't even had thoughts yet. We haven't even had thoughts yet, so we'll come up with something for our Patreon people for this week. But it's a vacation leftovers, so yeah. it's a little... People take breaks. People do take breaks. It's true, they we do. Brought, we brought the mics. We, we planned to record. No interest. It didn't happen. We allowed ourselves to be free. In nature. All right. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about Marvel Unlimited. X-Men Unlimited, number 47. Oh, oh. We're talking about X-Men Legends, number one. Volume two, number one. Volume two, number one. Miss Marvel and Wolverine, number one. The one shot. And... Judgment Day number two. But first. But first. The news. The news. You might be excited about this. Oh, okay. There's a new Deadpool title coming. Oh, excuse me. Like a Deadpool title. I don't even know. Like Deadpool's own comic? Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with Krakoa or the X-Men. It's just going to be Deadpool doing Deadpool things. Might still have to read it. All right. All right. Maybe. All right, so Deadpool, Deadpool. Okay, we'll see what I can commit to because I still have two issues of Captain Carter that I haven't read. So yeah, it's gonna end up being me buying it and reading it, and you're like, hey, Deadpool, you want to read some Deadpool? No, no, you can buy it and put it in my face, and I'll read it eventually. I'm I do taking like, more time to read now, so yeah, I do like the creative team though. It's Alyssa Wong and Martin Kokokolo, who Martin is the artist on Daredevil, oh, which cool. I've been really into. There's a series of one shots coming. Oh. About Murder World. Murder World. Starring Arcade and other people throughout the Marvel Universe as they go through his crazy obstacle course type builds. Cool. So he's classically known as an ex villain, but also just messes with other people. That's cool. Arcade is the one with the suit and the bow tie. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) The Chucky doll that Sinister was. Making some great Hellions moments with. Yeah. Kind of similar to what's going on with Miss Marvel and Wolverine here. There's going to be a Moon Girl and X-Men one shot that I believe Moon Girl and Avengers came out this past week. Oh, cool. So I just think it's interesting this route of how they're introducing these stories, right? So you have different somewhat solo characters coming in through these team-ups and they're used to i mean back in the day spider-man would team up with everybody there'd be (laughs) spider-man team up with this guy spider-man team up with this girl spider-man team up with this team i think it's an interesting way to get fans of those teams and those comics interested in this other character as they come in you know like this miss marvel and wolverine knowing that moon girl will be uh a one shot before i read it 
will be great because I assumed you did that, not know that this was going to be a full series and then it was like, oh, yeah. next. Or at least like a Moon Knight. A mini series. Yeah, mini. More than one issue. Yeah. Um, But it is an interesting, you know, if I had read this and then been like, oh, okay, I'm kind of interested in Miss Marvel now. That's a way to get someone who's a Wolverine fan into her. So it makes sense to do that. With other characters. Yeah. Well, especially Miss Marvel starting off with Wolverine mm-hmm. and the X-Men. Yeah. And then bringing you in is like, ah, oh, man, do I want to know what goes on in this book? Because I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about that when we get there, though. Immortal X-Men has a preview of Sebastian Shaw's history. Oh. Diving into some art of some flashback art. The old chap. Ooh, exciting. We did a, a an event for the first time over vacation called Trade Paperback. Oh, yeah. That was really fun. Which we, we came up with a little while ago and pitched to my brother and his partner about bringing trade paperbacks that we like, so graphic novels that we enjoyed, and then trading them with them. And, and everybody gets to read something new, and, and we talk about what we liked about the different comics and the different things. and. Um, it was a, it was a hearty, we, I tried to limit how much X-Men we brought because we, we obviously brought a lot. They had read House of X and Powers of 10 mm-hmm. previously, but we brought the, the first six trades of the Dawn of X, Dawn of X. to so dive into. So the first into. six issues of the first six titles. Yep. And that was the one that they seemed to gravitate towards. Yeah. Yeah. That and House of M. Yeah. They both liked House of M. I got hooked on a new graphic novel called Monstrous, thanks to them. And when I was reading the bio, Marjorie Liu is the writer, and she has written a bunch of X-Men stuff, X-23, some Black Widow, some Dark Wolverine, Astonishing X-Men, and um, the artist on the book, Sana Takeda, also has worked on some X-Men stuff. So I thought that was really cool and I'm obsessed with it. And I bought all six volumes immediately. I read volume one and then had to have it for myself and bought the rest of them. They'll be here on Thursday. Nice. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's really good. I read a bunch of Saga and a decent amount of Batman from the New 52, The Court of Owls, which I started. I am interested in that one too. It's always good to read outside your knowledge base, right? I, I don't know. I know Batman from movies and comics and TV mm-hmm. shows, but in terms of his deep history and, and even his more recent history, I don't. Yeah, me either. Our poll this week, 90% for Judgment Day number two, 10% for Miss Marvel and Wolverine. I didn't throw Legends on there because it's not really a Krakoa book. I, that's usually my distinguishing factor to limit the number of poll options, but. I would say that's a fair assessment. Sure, sure. <laughs> Not a question, but a shout out from Captain to Michael. It's good to have you back. Woohoo. Yeah, we appreciate it, Michael. Glad to be back. But also know that we were on vacation and I've been spotty about posting on social media. So even when we came back, we weren't really back. <laughs> I just kinda, it took us a couple days. Yeah. And if we have any fans who only follow us on Twitter, I apologize. Our Instagram was down and I took that as a social media nap while on vacation. <laughs> like, I, I post for Instagram and then put it on. Yeah, other. reshare it to Twitter. Yeah. yeah, you need that vacation after your vacation you know like we got back at the end of the weekend but we still needed a couple days to sort of reorient ourselves back to life and now we're getting there i don't even know if i'm there yet we're we're on our way there there you go 
Speaking about on our way there, let's talk about X-Men Unlimited. Okay, let's talk about it. Catching up with our X-Men green team, the death and destruction on this freighter. Oh, yeah. Oh, these... Uh, these... What, is it a freighter? No, it's a desert. It was a freighter. Yeah, now, now they're, they're like... Going to the Armageddon Man. Yes. They're trying to release this ultimate destructive weapon. Yeah. And they're not all seeing eye to eye as Sauron goes off on a lot of these scientists and extends his attacks towards some other creatures who were not human and feels the wrath of nature girl for having attacked some animals yeah and once you're on nature girl's bad side you're done for you're done for there's no coming back from that yeah i did not realize that her powers extended in that way and that she was able to summon all of this cacti to come oh up behind my God, him crazy. and attack him crazy i'm interested in this armageddon man it seems like he's got limitless power and is now fallen under the sway of just this last image of yeah nature girl's hand on his head it's very concerning to me honestly i feel like nature girl is crossing the line I mean, she, into villainy she's been crossing she, that line yeah come on but like it's just getting worse and worse you know like she's building an army and now what i think is really interesting is she's so upset about the abuse of the earth and all of its living things by yep. humans to get what they want but now she's going to use armageddon man to get what she wants sure and she's starting to manipulate the way that she reacts to sauron and how sauron isn't responding to exactly what she wants to do so he is no good yeah i just think there's da- there's danger in that she's she's gonna be too far gone soon yeah, I think she's already on that path, and it just feels like she's getting more and more brazen with her actions and is not afraid of who she's becoming, mm-hmm. which is, you know, love that journey for you, I guess, but <laughs> I'm also concerned for where it goes. The fact that you're lighting all these things on fire, yes, there are dirty scientists in there that were doing terrible things, but also there's nature in and around these places, you know? Right, You're right. disrupting ecosystems to an extent by... Killing humans. Humans are a part of the ecosystem. It's true. It's really true. And then there's Curse. Who's just there because her best friend, her new friend that understands her. The only person who's ever understood her. (laughs) I do love Curse, but... What do you think about this story? I'm kind of getting over it. Sure. Like, I think... I understand Nature Girl's going on a journey, but now it's just becoming more and more of the same, and she just gets, she's just going to continuously go and kill people and go and kill people. Mm. I am interested to see how horticulture responds because they seem to think she was going to get this guy out and then they were all going to work together, and I highly doubt that Nature Girl has any intent of collaborating with them. And then to know that she now plans to like take down Sauron is like her next step. I don't know. I just, I think that kind of has an interesting turn, but. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying about it. It just kind of beating the same note of nature girl going crazy. But yeah. I think it's introduced a lot of new material in the last couple of issues mm-hmm. with 
the Quiet Council and the Marauder New Mutant team. Yeah, that's a good response. Point. And even bringing in horticulture and having them. So it, it took what was essentially and could have been just a one note of Nature Girl on her destructive rampage around the world. Uh, you know, the nature revival tour. <laughs> yeah, it is tying in a lot of elements of the Krakoan world that have already been established. So it, that is cool. It feels bigger than a lot more X-Men Unlimited stories. I agree. I was going to say that. It's the longest running one, I think. Well, especially if you count all of its iterations, right? Mm -hmm. So it started with Jerry, and then I think there was another writer in between, but now it's Steve Orlando, and, and he's been furthering this story. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, written by Steve Orlando, art by Emilio Lasso, colorist Rachel Rosenberg, letters Joe Sabino. V sees Joe Sabino. Now to talk about... Our rebooted X-Men Legends. Ooh, we're going to go, we're going to kick it old school with this one because Alicia didn't read it. And honestly, I think you'll be fine because I, I enjoyed this as a dose of nostalgia, but my notes are sparse mm. because it's a lot of action and very little plot. Mm. So this cover in terms of what it's a cover for, this this feels like a cover for the full second volume because really all we see in this issue is wolverine oh, from really? this cover beast is in the second issue i believe none of these other guys are here ah oh, man but i like laura's here yeah that's exciting and domino Mesmero. is that rachel oh yeah oh wow and colossus and storm and cyclops who's the green dude mesmero mesmero and then is that long shot in the back? oh yeah all right guys I know characters now. What a journey this podcast has been. <laughs> All right, here we go. Page turn noise. Interim for Mutants Part 1, written by Roy Thomas. Art by Dave Wachter. Color art, Edgar Delgado. Letters, Joe Caramagna. VCs, Joe Caramagna. I didn't realize until we started listening to the Wastelanders Wolverine podcast that Roy Thomas was credited as a co-creator of Wolverine. He's listed in oh, yeah. the podcast as a co-creator of the character. And it turns out he was the editor on the Hulk issues where Logan first appears. That's cool. Where this picks up from. Oh, so also cool. Wolverine is just on a rampage trying to continue the fight between him and Hulk. I'm reminded about how much I despise this original costume. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it, and I have an action figure of it because it was a great Hulk figure, and I also have a compulsion to get every single Wolverine that Hasbro produces. I don't know what you're referring to. I've only seen 47 Wolverine action figures in our home. Literally call him Kitty Cat Wolverine, and he mad. <laughs> He's meowing at Hulk. He's mad. I don't... I, don't I, just, I, really, I didn't think that we ever needed to see this costume again, but... It's a Wolverine rematch against Hulk. Their first fight is the first appearance of Wolverine in, I want to say, Incredible Hulk 180 and 181. And then also with the Wendigo mm -hmm. mixed in. But there's just a lot of, you know, the first handful of pages, just fights, names, anger, slashing, throwing down, and, and seeing how these two tussle really brings you in with the art and, and the ingenuity of how these two could fight you, know, you have someone who's unbreakable 
as Wolverine. And right. then you have someone who just gets mad and mad and even more right. strong because of how mad he is. The more he cannot take down Wolverine, the angrier he gets. Yeah. Deadly combination. But Wolverine can't finish the fight. <laughs> Department H. <laughs> Department H comes in. I don't know if you know who Department H is, but they are. Nope. They are involved with Wolverine's history. They come in and round up Hulk, but they don't do a great job. They just kind of throw a net on him and try to gas him. And They're not doing it. No, he wakes up a lot sooner than they're ready for and breaks through the containment unit that they have on the ship. Wolverine's kind of sassy about it. And I thought you didn't need my help for all these extra guys. Mm-hmm. That's right, Wolverine. You throw that sass around. I like the Hulk just bouncing away. Bong, bong, bong. Yeah, so the, his power to jump long distances is really interesting mm. and, and can be seen as somewhat of a, not really flight, but just can cover really vast distances with it. It uh, reminds me of that ride, I think it's at Universal Studios, Islands of Orlando. Where it's the Hulk, where you just kind of like blast off at the beginning. It's to simulate his giant oh, yes. leap. Islands of Adventure. That's the one. What did I say? Islands of Orlando. Yeah, it's not a thing. <laughs> Same difference. Well, we catch back up with Wolverine on the next page as he's taking a nap for three days. And he's like, hey, Canada man, what you got for me? What's cooking, good looking? Colonel Bernardo. He's got a new mission, you gruff and grumbly so-and-so. <laughs> Sending him to America, which... He's not sure how the Americans are going to feel about that. Well, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to get there? How do I get to America? Because it's out of their jurisdiction. And in comes the long-presumed dead Jack Winters or Jack of Diamonds because we're friends. Jack of Diamonds. He looks like if Emma Frost and Colossus had a baby. Basically, that's all you need to know about his powers. That and apparently you can also teleport. Oh, well, that's how you're going to get to America, isn't it, Wolverine? Very much so. This is a long ago co-creation of Roy Thomas, thought dead, but apparently not. What a roundabout way to put him back on the board. This retconning lengths that we had to go to before resurrection to bring a character back in. Mm. So apparently he had just teleported and then reconfigured in a mutant detecting device collected his scattering atoms and they put him back together and then he's been working for department h ever since ah a whole humpty dumpty story yeah. <laughs> and then this teleportation scene is wolverine that is, is just, hysterical what? he's not interested in it wolverine is like i don't want to be teleported he, why as they split apart and teleport to the brand corporation Oh, no. Not Abigail Brand. Thank God. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe. No. No. The Brand Corporation is actually something that connects to Beast's story and how and why he became blue. Oh. And some of the genetic experimentations that he was working on as part of the Brand Corporation. So in the comics, are is Beast trying to cure his mutation? And that's... Why he turns blue, like how they do it in the movies, or? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. He's trying to isolate something within his genetics, and it's used on himself. Hank McCoy was hired as a researcher for the Brand Corporation, 
They attempted to steal his research, but they failed, and McCoy drank a serum of his own creation and transformed himself into a furry beast. That's Amazing Adventures, Volume 2, Number 11. Well, all right then. But Wolverine has no interest in this mission. Yeah, I was going to say, why is he fighting his partner? I'm in America. I can just go. I I can just get out of here. Thanks for the ride, but I'm out. We get a little diamond versus adamantium. Yeesh. These claws have something else to say about that. Stab City right in the gut. Ugh. The fact that after so he stabs Jack Jack of Diamonds, right? And he can't believe that he's been stabbed. He has no idea what Adamantium is. I think later he calls him Ada Ada Wood who is it? <laughs> but then after Wolverine stabs Jack of Diamonds, he's like, Okay, you've gained my respect. That's the most competitive dad off I've ever seen where he's just like, all right, I'll join you. I'll do the mission, I guess. Uh, You let me stab you. So you're worthy of my time. Yeah. They break in, they go through and they find at the end the most mixed lineups I've ever seen. Let me see if I can name all these people. Oh, boy. Okay, that's Havoc. Mm -hmm. That's Toad. No. No. Is that? I don't know. Mastermind. Off to a good start. <laughs> yes, that's Mastermind. Okay, and then Angel. Yeah. And then Blob. Yeah. And Iceman. Yep. And Polaris. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea who that other guy. Is. You've seen him, but only briefly in Ten of Swords, and I only know that because I've been going through the Ten of Swords story. Gorgon. Eunice the Untouchable. Oh, I was like, who's in that? Who died in that? Eunice the Untouchable. Next, still more mutants. More mutants. Well, that's interesting. You didn't actually read it, but what'd you think? What what were your thoughts on? I mean, it seems like it's an interesting gateway into another realm of mutant stories. You know, this leading us into finding these mutants as they are in this time period and getting some stories in that time period. I do think it's, you were right, it was a lot of fighting. Yeah. And... Seems a little silly, but I don't hate it. Silly what? It's a little silly in like Wolverine fighting his partner and then deciding to still be partners. Yeah, that was silly. I mean, I I had a back and forth relationship with the first volume of X-Men Legends. Mm-hmm. They're fun if you really enjoy that period of time that they're highlighting. I feel like they're largely inconsequential and have to be by design because you're not going to introduce new continuity. You know, this isn't X-Men classics backup stories where Claremont is actively able to seed his own narrative. Right. And we don't want any crazy retcons that are going to affect the future in any way. I thought, you know, I enjoyed this. It was fun enough for a jaunt. It it takes place in a interesting time period it's between wolverine's first appearance but nowhere near his giant sized x-men appearance the dialogue was super cheesy Mm. the 60s comics announcing what we're doing while we're doing it you know bad improv dialogue i'd say (laughs) always conscious of that don't don't do and say what you're doing show me what you're doing yeah talk about tell me what you're doing dive into the character but it was fun Eric Huffman wanted to know how the new Legends was different from Volume 1. He thinks it's a fun ride of retro, and it seems that it may be more than single-issue stories. Were Volume 1 issues one-and-dones? And And they weren't. There were some that were, I believe, 
but most had like a two or three issue arc. Mm. It was by the same creative team. I, I don't know why they decided to reboot it. I don't know if it was just some more unity and focus or just bringing in, you know, it, it's just, you give them a number one. I f- yeah, I feel like they just, they're like, it's number one because they're like, did you, you weren't reading it before. Sure. So let's say it's number one and it's something new. Come read it now. And the numbering is largely inconsequential because it's not like you can pick up four and be like, oh, what happened in one? Because they're different stories. Mm. So one, two, and I don't know if it'll continue beyond one and two. That's going to be an entirely different story than issues six and seven. <laughs> That's going to be a different time point, different creative team. <laughs> Time means nothing. Numbers mean nothing. Grim Alkin Lane. Chad thought it was great. Jack Winters exclamation point. Rogue Wolverine and a callback to Secret Empire story with from Captain America, which he'll get to eventually on the pod. I as soon as you said like classic sixties dialogue, I thought in my mind, Chad probably really liked this issue. Oh, absolutely. This is the wheelhouse. This is this is that Grim Alkin Lane sweet spot. Moving on? Yes. Ah, Ms. Marvel and Wolverine. Really probably should have been called Ms. Marvel and the X-Men, but... Yeah. <laughs> I, You know, I'm not going to get down on the fact that you put more characters and you named it a bub. And, you know, <laughs> is, that, is, is Wolverine the name really more of a draw than X-Men? I, I mean, I guess so. Because... because go for it. Moon Girl and the X-Men is Wolverine and Havoc, at least from the preview art. So I don't know if, if that's... <laughs> is it because they're in a starring role? And, and I guess Wolverine and Kamala have a backstory? Yeah, because they have had one mission together before. But Cyclops and Ms. Marvel have an even deeper backstory? Interesting. What I like about this cover is in the background, you see Moon Knight and you see Venom. So you get this idea that... Maybe this is going to be a larger story. Um, however, I was not aware that it was only going to be a one-shot dealing with Krakoan business. Yep. All three are written by Jody Hauser. Miss Marvel and Moon Knight is next. It comes out on Wednesday tomorrow. And Miss Marvel and Venom comes out on September 14th. Oh, it's only three issues? Yep. Well, now I feel more inclined to finish the story since it's only two more issues. But we'll see. I could also let it go forever and never come back. <laughs> Let's get into it. Sure. Page turn noise. Miss Marvel, you know her. And if you don't, here's a little recap of some of her basics for those coming in fresh as she then basks in the glory of the treehouse. <laughs> she's done a lot of things, but she's never lived in a treehouse like that before. But she always, she feels this weirdness of calling herself a superhero too which i thought was a interesting tidbit and imposter syndrome yeah 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 and i like that for her character it's interesting this isn't the only issue that kamala khan appears in this week she Mm. is in amazing spider-man number seven i didn't know that she's an intern at norman osborne's facility oh snap yeah connections abound well hit us with that title page ms marvel and wolverine Written by Jody Hauser, art by Zay Carlos, colorist Eric Arseniega, letters Travis Lanham. V.C.'s 
Travis Lanham. I do want to say uh, these steps behind the treehouse. This is like the Times Square steps in the background. Maybe, but it might also be like a little amphitheater that they have created. That's interesting. I don't think I had noticed that before. Mm-mm, me either. We're in Seneca Gardens. We're basking in all the glory that is around us. All the tourists, too. Who would who would want all of these people in your backyard all the time, constantly? All the time. Not me. But the X-Men do it. And wait a second. <gasps> is that Wolverine? Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> I just love how across the way he can identify her by just sniffing the air three times. I smell someone I know. Smells like a Kamala. <laughs> I I do appreciate how awkward she is. Yes. It's so relatable. I just I feel like it's the energy of Peter Parker but fully realized in a 2022 yes mentality. Totally. Like, did you see me? Are we friends? Is it cool? I'm waving. Is that weird? Awkward. <laughs> I do like her read on Wolverine, the fact that how can someone be so alone when they're surrounded by people? Mm-hmm. Wolverine constantly saying that he's a loner, yet he just knows everyone. Like, I'm alone. I'm a loner, bub. But I've teamed up with every single Marvel hero and most villains in the universe. But then I leave them because I'm a loner. Yeah. Except for Kurt. <laughs> We're friends. And Gene. Gene! <laughs> and Scott, we kind of share a room. Whatever. Don't try to define me. I'm Wolverine. I've got layers. Something's up. Something's happening. Something's buzzing on by. Robot bugs. Little investigation and sleuthing to find and pull it out of the tree. I just, I like how she uses her fingers in this way. Mm-hmm. I also just, I think it's later on the embiggened. Mm-hmm. She's so, she's such a nerd. Yeah. She is indeed a nerd. And that's why we love her. <laughs> Watch out though. Rogue's coming in. With the warmest of welcomes and the most dialogue she's had in over how many issues. She's like, what are you doing? Excuse me. And Jean's like, no, no, no. No malintent. We're good. Yeah. I read her mind. She's just just a kid. She saw some stuff. But also Wolverine vouches. I scoffed before, but I'll vouch for now that she's in trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you got, kid? Oh, just this little robot. It's always robots. Yeah. I like the art. Yeah, I do too. I just, I like the art and the color combination are really great to bring this alive and and make it feel familiar, but also its own Mm -hmm. uniqueness. It's interesting, the fact that we are clearly before the Hellfire Gala. So I don't know if this was delayed. Oh. Right? Because we're getting the X-Men before. We're getting the the old X-Men team. Right. The old new team. (laughs) I like how these... Little robot bugs are tiny, but they take a lot of power to destroy them. Yeah. Well, the fact that three X-Men in some kind of coordinated attack are necessary to destroy one little bug. It's a cool attack as it's dove into Wolverine's shoulder and he rips it out with his claw and Gene throws it over to Rogue who smashes it. Punches it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great attack, and I really love the layout of this page and seeing each thing and the way that the robot is, like, bouncing across the page. The little bug is bouncing from side to side as it's being thrown from teammate to teammate until it's finally shattered. 
It's almost like a circuit, but also just some great power combos. Teamwork makes a dream work, baby. And and Kamala even talks about it. That teamwork, it's like they just know what the others need them to do. I mean, let's let's also acknowledge that Jean might have been <laughs> connecting them <laughs> she telepathically. She may or may not be telepathically inclined. But wait. I don't like the smell of that wind. There's more. Time to throw off my jacket and turn into a superhero. Kamalaka. Miss Marvel. And she's ready. She didn't know she was going to be doing superheroing today, but she's doing it. Neither did Cyclops, or at least not in New York, as he comes through the gate and is very surprised to see Miss Marvel. Oh, hi again. Did I mention that superhero comics can be weird? Because... We were on a team together, the champions, only it was a time-displaced kid version of him. Mm-hmm. Strange. I like that little tidbit of knowledge, though. Yeah. Just just think of how weird that must be when you know someone, but not that version of who they are now. And does this version of Scott know that that version of him knew Kamala? Yes. So he has all the memories, especially now. I think the memories were coded to unlock after a certain point. Interesting. So he has all the mental backup of what happened when they came to the future from 1960s now. Cool. The swarm has arrived, and I think all of these action sequences are pretty dope. Like, seeing them all take charge, fight their different ways. I did not realize that Cyclops' eye beams could get that large. And then, you know, this giant clap and just zark and left and right yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool to see them all using their powers fighting the good fight working together as individuals and then later as a team Mm-hmm. yeah cyclops's beam can get crazy big and especially if it's unchecked by the visor it mm-hmm. just goes off i love her disappointment here when the X-Men have to leave off to another mission. Mm-hmm. What? I thought we were going to hang out, play some baseball. <laughs> because that's what the X-Men have always been known for, playing baseball. But they do usually hang out with the locals after a mission. It's true. Where's the big picnic table? No, they've got some space stuff to do. they got to go to space. <laughs> but it's too soon. Well, the bugs are back. And it's just Kamala and... Wolverine and so she's gonna get super big and stomp them out and they're nervous because what's gonna happen but then our friend Storm arrives yeah and she's here she's got this I love the so let's just talk about the fact that Wolverine doesn't go with the X-Men because he's not on the X-Men team not on that team and that's just so foreign of a concept to Kamala which I mean it's its own thing now, and it's always kind of been. There's always been multiple X-Men teams, mm-hmm. depending on how many titles or different groups doing different things. Wolverine especially has drifted from one to another. He'd be doing his own thing, and he'd show up in this book, and he'd also be in this book. Wolverine is a loner, Justin. Who's with so many teams. But he's always alone in his heart. But yeah, let's talk about Storm's entrance. Yeah. She's like, well, you know, I just happened to be here. Took a little break. Coming here. Got mad lightning bolts. Gonna take care of business. Of course, it's gotta be machines. Calling in Armor and Monet, the X-Men vote hopefuls. (laughs) I really love 
them coming in and Armour just being like, Monet, of course they called us because there's something going on. And she's like, what? People don't like me? I'm not just friends with everybody? Mm-hmm. Nah, they didn't want to hang out. And it- I do love getting to see those characters that we kind of had teased to be larger characters by putting them in the vote yeah. and then getting to see them in well, Especially action. poor Armour, who's been in the vote for two years now. Like, Just put yeah. her on the team. Yeah, Just put her it. on the team already. You know you want to. Oh, this panel... On the next page, the tearing through, which is the action poses from every single one of them as they're yeah. all going off on these bugs. Wolverine slashing, the spit coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Storm just shooting off everywhere. We need a plan. We need an idea. And Kamala's got it. Wolverine's the bait and Storm's <laughs> the hook. Rough. But he, you know, he's got healing factor, so. he's He's meant for it. He'll be fine. And look who shows up just in time wearing some spiffy spacesuits. What are these Krakoan spacesuits and how do I get one? I don't know. And what were they doing in space? We don't know. We'll never know. And what did they time travel? How long were they in space? Gate travel. But that doesn't negate time. <laughs> I don't know if they actually got to space or they just prepared for that next mission. They went, they put their spacesuits on, and then they were like, oh, oh no, hold oh, on. No. There's still stuff going on outside. There's so many bugs. The X-Men owe her one. And Wolverine didn't stab me. Wins all around. All around. And just when you think everything's fine. Foom, foom, foom. Three of them. Three bugs escape. I love how he doesn't, this, this villain who we don't see, we don't know, is surprised that so many of them survived. But it's only these three, I think. No, look inside that little helmet thing. There's a bunch. Oh. Swarming around in there. Oh, I just didn't realize that they had already been deployed. Released. Yeah. Because mm. we only see these three come back. Yeah, that's true. I got questions about this villain. What are they? Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll find out next in Moon Knight. Maybe if we read it. Yeah, maybe in three months when it goes on Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Yeah, it was fun. It felt kind of out of place, and I'm not sure how any of these ideas continue, uh, but I'm into it. You know, I, I enjoyed it. It was really great to see Kamala in comics form. I haven't really read a whole lot yeah, of her. I would agree with that. And I thought it was playful. It was comedic. It was great action. It was great art. And especially in a week when there was only one other Krakowin book, it gave you a little flavor. Yeah. A little... Sugar for your Sunday. I, I need these Krakoan spacesuits to show up somewhere else. And I think they do in the upcoming X-Men run where Forge is wearing that Zordon looking suit. Mm. He got like a face in his stomach. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a cover. Maybe, maybe not. Sounds vaguely familiar. I wonder if this bad guy is going to be the connective thread across the three issues because he seems hell-bent on getting the mutant DNA or or any DNA in general. Honestly, the way that that little helmet thing was shaped, it felt like it was a Dr. Stasis thing. And that's what I thought at first. Like the thing that's collecting the bugs. It gave me Dr. Stasis vibes. But then once I got to the page that said, up next, Moon Knight, I was like, oh, this villain is traveling with this story and is not necessarily related to the x-men yeah so they're just collecting dna isn't everybody (laughs) seemingly which team up do you want to know more of 
Miss Marvel and Cyclops or Miss Marvel and Wolverine? Is that a real question? It is because you seemed interested in the time displaced Cyclops teaming up with Miss Marvel. I was just interested if he knew about it. I would like to hear more about Miss Marvel and Wolverine. Oh. Oh. Why do you want to tell me about Miss Marvel and Cyclops? Well, there's more meat to that. Mm. There's more story to it. I don't think that Miss Marvel and Wolverine's team up goes beyond the one time that they work together, but I also don't know. I think it's just interesting the mentorship of Wolverine to younger superpowered beings. So Wolverine is in his girls. Yeah. Into the comic verse really enjoyed seeing Miss Marvel interact with the X-Men. Fun issue. Hashtag let Kamala live on Krakoa. Yeah, let's do it. I mean There is if you haven't watched Miss Marvel right now, yeah. There is, you know, something that might connect her to Intrigue. There's a certain word used in reference to her DNA. A certain sound effect played. A certain sound effect may have played in the background, coinciding with said word. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) All right. We'll let it go for now. On to our main event. Judgment Day. The main event. Number two. A-X-E. That's a terrifying cover. It's just so cool. Looming destruction. Yeah. And to see all of these different characters all together. Mm Mm-hmm. I love a good silhouette, too. Shall we? Yeah. Page turn noise. Straight up to the title page. Judgment Day. Written by Kieran Gillen, art by Valerio Shidi, colors by Marte Gracia, letters Clayton Coles. VCs, Clayton Coles. Mark Brooks bringing us those covers. Oh my God, Mark Brooks. What? I just, I remembered the Mark Brooks cover that's Mystique and Destiny. Oh yeah. We got six humans. Tom in London seems to hate the mutants and is glad the Eternals are doing something about it. Mm-hmm. Katrina in Vancouver, she's a mutant supporter. And a Twitter activist. Arjun in Mumbai. Seen it all before. It's nothing special. This event thinks otherwise. This Yee. is special. Mm-hmm. These six are important. And after what happens at the end, I wonder if all six of them will have the same fate. Yeah. Daniela in Sao Paulo, Brazil, overworked to even pay attention. Weighing the options. You know, It's great to live on those beaches, have immortality, but... She's glad that the Eternals said that they were doing something about it. I feel like that really took a turn. It's like, oh, man, I could I could see myself being a mutant, but... Not my chair, not my problem. Right. We got Jada in New York. I feel like this was the woman crying about her daughter having died. I do believe so. In issue one. But even Jada disagrees with entire species genocide because they have immortality, question mark? Uh, It's kind of ridiculous how many people cheered for it. It Agreed. I uh, completely agree. It's a very harsh radical shift in kenta and yokohama online gamer playing things for fun they are all important these six all of them let's go to the hex battle the hex battle this is intense i throughout the issue the art is just let's give a round of applause for that art clap 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 and especially just the design of these new characters and Mm -hmm. how we're gradually getting to know them yeah they're so cool, and I also really like the kinetic vibes of their 
like their look like even though they are a solid being they still feel like they're in motion and and they're ever evolving as they fight it's just really interesting mm. sin the memoir versus exodus the polite knight battling these monsters i am assuming that this picks up right after immortal as he's headed into it into this fight i would imagine so Poor Cyclops always having to have some protocols. Ah, you know. I didn't make up these. Expect the unexpected, my man. Especially. But boom! Whose shield is that coming into the frame? Who's dropping in to help? The Avengers. The full team that some are not excited about. Yo, Namor's there too. Oh, yeah. Coming to help his mutant friends? Only sometimes. Only occasionally. But Exodus has no interest in it. Tell them to leave or die. <laughs> oh, Exodus. We do not need a people untouched by the grace of God. <laughs> Happy that magic is... Uh, no, come on. The more no, the merrier. We, we need, need your help. We need this. Stop it, Exodus. You see these guys? Don't be stupid. Back over on Avengers Mountain, inside the Celestial as they craft something more. They've got a time limit on what they're trying to accomplish. These gods and crafts. <laughs> Iron Man is not at all intimidated by it, taking the chance to revel in how jealous Reed will be. Where he is, where is he in all this? Not not here yet. Not here I'm yet. I'm sure he'll be here soon. He's coming. And Sinister's role. He's got a history with Celestials. Uncanny X-Men number one by Karen Gillan. Which I didn't know until this issue. Oh, yeah. We're only getting hints of it here. We're getting hints at a couple of other stories that Karen has written. Mm-hmm. I got to say, this issue, as far as what's happening on Krakoa, got real scary for me at a couple moments. Oh, yeah. Like, we're beginning an evacuation. They didn't do that when the kaijus were happening because of Wanda. No, I'm sorry, because of Celine. Right. So they or even, must feel, Or even because of Wanda. Right, right. So they must feel real threatened by these monsters if they're starting to evacuate. Yeah, these aren't kaijus. These aren't your, your regular... I mean, they are kaijus because they're just giant monstery. They're figures. kaijus, but they're not kaijus. But, but they're you know? eternal card kaijus that have mm-hmm. a society backing them. They've moved on to a defensive strategy. I love this panel. Just all the fighting so with this one many character. beautiful fighting images. I'm not going to pretend like I know all of their names. These new hex <laughs> characters, but... They are the hex. Theka the Harpiscus. I just... <laughs> Captain America with the vagueness... That Cyclops is talking about their secret, and he's just going out of line. You you showed up to a burning building. Just help out. Just help right. put out the fire. You don't need to dig into old wounds. Right. The fact that you just found out that mutants could resurrect themselves, but we don't want to tell you how. Right. Right. Mind Back your up. business. Come on. Come on, Cap. How old are you? Tell me how. One thing at a time. Taking the fight underwater. And creating a tidal wave. The amount of reverberation that scene is able to create in the waters, the distance of this attack throughout the whole world. It's serious business. Yeah, into the Philippines, all around the, the entire world, it, doing damage to the Earth's mantle. It's time to respond to these threats. Captain America assembling the Avengers, calling the team to go out, and Exodus's response. It's kind of rough, especially knowing the intent of this retreat. But it's a, a damned if you do, damned if you don't moment. Right. I mean, it's it's important to help Krakoa, but there's also destruction happening all over the place. Right. But, I, you know, 
what they're doing is going to save the most lives worldwide, mm-hmm. but it also underscores the general sentiment around the Avengers, that they're there to help the humans. Mm-hmm. They don't really involve themselves in the mutant struggle. The fact that death and destruction is coming for mutants as a society. Right, but in this particular battle, it's now spreading to affect other people. And right. even though they came here to help the mutants, that's because that was the center of the battle. And now the battle's spreading and the mutants have each other to help, whereas these people on a beach have no one. Sure, right. Yeah, I know. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're going to be able to see it either way. No, I'll see it one way. (laughs) I mean, Destiny will see it an entirely different way. That is accurate, child. I see the future and I remember the past. We stand alone. We always did. Because it's not just this moment that this is talking about. It's talking about all the times that the Avengers weren't there for mutants as they... Oh, yeah, and I... I'm not arguing against you. No, I know, but I'm just saying I agree in that moment, but I think, like, in this moment for the X-Men to be upset that they're going to help other people feels a little selfish. Well, it's really just Exodus and Destiny, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. Cyclops sent them, agreed that they should go and help these people. Nightcrawler is just screaming about the fact that they're getting that unfair treatment for saying that they abandon us when we mm-hmm. need them. That's true. I love this window pane page with these little mm-hmm. slivers of story. The visual design and how much we're able to cover in these updates. I love seeing these little sinister farm boys over here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Doing some celestial business. When it's also just this combination with Marte's colors too mm-hmm. that I've seen pages like this i think in sword with the manifold issue where you saw yeah. just the the colors around the space right every every panel has its own like color its own tone gives you a different vibe and, and it's also beautiful and updates you on what they're doing they're harvesting a thumbprint and they're going to use tony as like a blueprint for this situation which i think could potentially go to tony's head oh yeah yeah like i'm the blueprint of a new god i mean he he's comparing it to hank and ultron so how ultron was created which is a bad bad thing sure sure (laughs) especially you know you see in your creator the faults that they have given to you and and you're trying to write right death to the hex there's a break in the armor and we're making some progress and finding out details about them. Just the action. Just look at Wolverine. Rah, rah, rah. So much action. The destruction. So much motion. Such beautiful art. Yeah, it's just in the colors, look the vibrancy of the colors. Look at that explosion. Exodus's finishing move. I love that as he's going in for this explosion, there's a plea. Please don't. And they both die. In the fight. Mm-hmm. Cyclops always taking things too literally as, yeah, hope, that's what we need. Yes, correct. Hope is the, the core of the resurrection protocol. Don't worry, she's secure. All right, <laughs> Scott. Just just bask in it. Yeah. Also, is that Rachel? How is she back? I don't know. She's just here. She's smiling. <laughs> she's in her other world armor. Don't ask questions. Just get excited. Rachel's here. On to warrior resurrection. We've got priorities in wartime. We're not just bringing back some peaceful... Mutants, we're bringing back the people for the front lines. Right. And who else is being resurrected here? Is that Wolverine? 
Looks like Wolverine and Kanan. Mm. I like how everybody as they're resurrected is just so sexual. Like, they're just like Baywatch coming out of the water. Like, oh, hello. What's up? Flicking the goo off the hair back and just (laughs) bask in the glory of my naked, muscly body. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's just how it happens. But I do love this difference between the fact that Exodus doesn't remember anything of the conflict and, mm-hmm. and what he's done to this eternal who remembers everything, everything and comes back at them with that fury. And this is also just such a great moment in the story because you see how crazy this battle was, how much damage was caused, and the fact that both sides are able to leave the battle and just resurrect all yeah. their fallen soldiers. And so it gives you this feeling that it makes sense that this event will take so long and will go on for so long. Like this is a war that doesn't end because a side is depleted of their soldiers because each side can renew their soldiers. To an extent though. Right. I mean, they talk about this, I think in the first issue of the the core event series that the Eternals resurrection machine exists because the earth exists. Mm-hmm. If the earth doesn't exist, I mean, none of us exist unless right. we move to Araco. And the fact that the mutants need the five or some combination mm-hmm. of a mutant circuit to be able to do it and the flaws in their memories, the fact that they're not getting those updates, they're getting hearsay about what happened. Mm-hmm. You, you wipe out the full battlefield and you've got no information as to what's going right. on. Right, that's true. That's a good point. The the hex, they're learning. They're retaining right, all they that go. information. And we see that as they come back. But before that, let's get an update on these... Silly little humans and all of their importance. Eternal Tom and his hate for the mutants. <laughs> who, ma- who made you an Eternal Tom? Katrina over here, she'll, she's still tweeting. Arjun falling to his death. The big secret for Eternal's life. Randomly taking a human life to make them live again. Which this helps me because I, I was confused as to how the Eternals could take a life and still be in their same body so it's like they just take their soul or they take their essence their their life essence yeah i don't know if it's really explained in that the energy of this person is then brought into the earth the the machine Mm -hmm. which creates a new gives them the energy to then be alive again right but that's what i'm wondering are all six of these people going to be sacrificed for the life of an eternal over the course of this series because if all of them are important and we're seeing one of them lose their lives for this purpose is that how all of them play their part i i don't i i thought that but i don't know if i would like that yeah it just feels like it just feels okay too forward too telegraphed yeah right and i i really like how each human represents a different take on the experience Mm -hmm. right and Arjun was largely unaffected by it. He was like, oh, this is going to happen. The superheroes will solve it. I have nothing to do here. You know, he's not really involved in it. Mm-hmm. In the same way, I, I fear for Daniela in that mm-hmm. you know, she can't be bothered by these things. Rightfully so. Right. She's, she's working busy. multiple jobs. She's, she's got, trying to she live. Has, yeah. She's a real modern life. Like she has to work multiple jobs. She has to get it together. She can't focus on anyone else's problems. I, and I love the depth that we're getting to explore with Jada. 
mm-hmm. and how you know we saw in issue one what she was feeling. Jean picked up her thoughts, but then seeing the response to this and how what we should just kill all of them because they can resurrect themselves. Right. Seeing her take a step back and see it go out of control a little bit and not feed into the frenzy is really interesting. Yeah. And Kenta living in the moment, just taking pictures. <laughs> On to the finishing touches as we make a god live. Oh, Fastos man. bringing down the hammer. I love these second thoughts. Uh, hey, guys, the Celestials are jerks. Do we really want to do this? <laughs> but the scripture is the key. Yeah. Well, it's a dangerous key. This is not going to this is not going well. Potentially. I mean, it, it can't get any worse, I don't think. If you're watching what's happening with the hex on these in these battles as they're just learning from their faults and coming back even harder, the fact that scene sign is attacking the island itself. Straight up th- thought Krakoa was getting completely destroyed in this issue. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, they're going to all have to go live on Mars. How do we get everybody to Araco immediately? And I, I wonder, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Can Krakoa be resurrected? I don't know, but... And and does... Is there any extension of Krakoa's life through the gates, through right? the other materials that are produced of them? I just... I love and I hate Sinister. Just, <laughs> I, I can only imagine he's doing something bad. He's up to something and... He's up to no good. Oh, come on, Tone. Spoil sport. Your dad was much more chill. <laughs> I mean, your adoptive dad, which... Is a retcon that Kieran introduced. I think they've referenced that in Captain Carter. Yeah. And I was like, what? (laughs) Back to the war. Gene's attacks, but Sign's strategy coming for the island. Nightcrawler does what he does best. Prays for a god. (laughs) Well, Nightcrawler. So epic. Cease. Your prayers have been answered. Sort of. Kind of. I don't know if this is the one you wanted. And it's just so, I think I talked about this in the update from the Eternals, but just how it's coded in them that when something is happening to their principles, they have to follow it. Mm -hmm. Like if the earth is in danger, they have to do something to protect the earth. If a celestial is telling them to do something, it is their God, their religion. They have to. wired into them. Yeah. People of earth, Listen. I love this image with all the all the people listening, even Druig. Right. Because he had no idea that this was going to happen. He was not prepared for this. Yikes. Yikety, yike, yike, yikes. Judgment Day is coming. You have 24 hours to justify yourselves. That's Judgment Day. Right. And like how, that was my, that's my only qualm. If the Judgment Day is happening in a 24-hour time period, is this event taking place over 24 hours? Is from now till November happening over 24 hours? Or is it like the next issue is 24 hours and then everything else is the fallout from that? We shall see. I better not be the first one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he can be. I mean, the Hour of Uranus was One one issue, right? And we're getting the Hour of Magneto after the fact. So maybe it will be. But I just don't understand ourselves. how that can affect like all the other comics for all that time. It's true. It's true. But what'd you think? 
I thought it was great. I think this is already really exciting me with a lot of unexpected twists and turns. I'm loving the art. I'm I wasn't expecting the Avengers to come in right away like that. And then exit stage left. And then peace out. I think the the whole building of the celestial and and sinister's involvement and all of that is really intriguing to me. I'm just really excited reading it. I just get more and more excited for whatever is next to come. Yeah, no, I'm I'm loving this event. I'm hating what it could mean for mutants in general, but everything seems threatened, and I love how it feels at a big picture. Yeah, you need those stakes. Right, because, I mean, they could have been on top for longer, but the Mm -hmm. mutants have been on top. A lot of people have complained this doesn't feel like the X-Men because they're not fighting for their lives or their right right to live. (laughs) Now Uh, they are. Now they are again, so you got what you wanted. Till November, at least. Right, right. And then I don't think everybody's going to forget about the fact or just be cool about resurrection. Nah, probably not. Maybe when they find out or if they find out about what the Eternals have been up to. But it is, this feels so intertwined with the causes and effects of the Marvel Universe. Even the character beats feel it. They, this Exodus and, and the Quiet Council at large all feel like standout characters for agreed, this event. Agreed. They're getting development in this massive scale of an event. Love the art. It's just so grand, these panels punctuating things in such an epic way mm-hmm. as you're, you're brought into the visual detail of it all. Excited for more. Yes. What are your thoughts on these humans deemed to be important? It seems all are important now, but these six are highlighted for a particular reason and represent a full range of reaction to what's happening to the mutants. Yeah, I mean, I think they will... I don't know if they'll all play the same role or play different roles. Maybe some of them who have more of like a social media influence will turn the tides of things. Maybe they will be directly involved in the fight some way. I don't know. But I think it was an interesting point to have one of them, one of their lives sacrificed for the Eternals. And I think the person that it made me think most about was Tom and the way that he is so against the mutants. And if he was to lose his life for an eternal, you know what I mean? Like if he was to find out or if his wife, right. You know what I mean? Like if his wife was to die and then he was to find out that that was to save an eternal, like how would he feel about mutant resurrection at that point? Because at least like the mutants and the eternals both have resurrection and it's both only allowed for their kind. Right. Right. But the mutants don't, kill someone else no they have a rule against killing humans they don't they don't take someone else's life to save their own they've come up with their own way to do that so if you're going to be hating on the mutants for resurrection if you found out how the eternals did it that might cause a ripple effect but i'm not i'm not really sure how they're all going to be important yeah it's interesting because i'm seeing a lot of parallels to modern life Mm -hmm. right to be against an entire population of people because of your perception of what they're doing or what they're doing to you or what they have that you don't or you know just these and and the the deeper secrets of what's actually going on beneath the surface yeah i think it's interesting the fact that you're saying maybe the social media folks will influence the opinions of others I have a pessimistic view on the ability to change minds via social media. I (laughs) often think that it ends up being a bickering war. Nobody's mind is changed or moved in any direction, but 
They just kind of yes, self-congratulate. Yes, people are important. Sure, yes, sure, sure, sure. Being told they're important. Yes. So they have to have some kind of relevance. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting because the guy who died is the only one who, like, everyone else's stuff is told mostly in the present tense. And in the beginning, his says, has lived a long time. Even before the age of marvels, he survived disasters, personal, national, worldwide. So, like, I don't know, has lived a long time, even though that is technically, you know, in the present, even the way that he's laying there is very similar to the way he's laying oh, yeah. dead at the end. Yeah, I didn't even put that together, the visual connection. So, I don't know. I don't know. Eric Huffman is really liking the human perspective, kind of continuing on this human conversation throughout the book, grounding how the superhero events are affecting them on their level, mm-hmm. which I feel like that's that's entirely true of making it personal to the people outside of the Marvel event. Most Marvel events, you know, th- there's ripple effects, but we're actually getting how this is impacting, how this is affecting the minds of individual people. Right, in real time, too. Right. Like, in each battle, in each moment, not just the after effects, which is cool. The Pikachu wants to know when the Eternals' resurrection secret will get out. Feels like just a matter of time now. Especially better with get out. It, I, if it's not out in this event, I'm going to be I feel like I feel like it has to, right? You get that tease in this issue, no one knows about it. It's got to come by the end of the event. Yeah, totally. And it might even be, is that what sways public opinion? The fall from grace for these saviors from the big bad mutants. And you realize, oh, no, wait, they're they're actually doing something worse. Mm-hmm. The Pikachu was also wondering if Exodus has taken over Magneto's role from Empire as the big gun defending the island. Maybe. Yeah, I think he certainly stepped up in a big way. He doesn't carry as much brand name gravitas as Magneto does. You know, the children cheering his name. Yeah, not everybody is like, yeah, Exodus. Right. But he's still getting the job done. And especially the way that Hope and Emma equipped him for battle in Immortal X-Men. I'd also put Gene and Scott on that list of these big defenders. Maybe at some point the whole X-Men team, but Scott seemingly for these last couple issues has been the go-to strategist that everyone wants to make fun of, but also needs for the island survival. Mm -hmm. The war previous captain commander, but still a war captain that strategizes these plans. And Jean is a heavy hitter in her own right. And I think that's a great place for them. The X-Men team, especially as such central figures to Krakoa and mutant society. Yeah. That's interesting. Warlion is loving that Destiny is the X-Fans and Nightcrawler is all the other fans. Mm-hmm. In how, right, so you have X-Fans know that the Avengers are never really there for the mutants. They're always just there for themselves or the humans or their own things. They got their own stuff going on. You can't necessarily fault them for that unless that they're aware of the death and destruction that the mutants are facing. And they are. They've seen Sentinels. They know mm-hmm. they exist. They know what's up. He's got a lot of thoughts around Iron Man's place in this story and what it could mean going forward, especially with the way that the Celestial was mapped with his genetic memory. It has similarities to backups and other things happening in the Marvel Universe. Mm, you know, the, interesting. That that living within Iron Man. Yeah, that's I I got nervous energy about that. Yeah. I got like, what if 
what if the Celestial could take over all of the Iron Man suits because it has this connection to Tony and Tony's DNA? Right. Is that part of judgment? Do you even need that, though? I don't know, but like you could build an additional army in that ride. Sure. Ugh. That was a really varied week of comics. Yeah. All over the place with where they were and what they were talking about. Well, that's good, right? You want to have that excitement. You want to have that flavor. We got a huge week coming next. Oh, really? Uh, and I tomorrow. say next, tomorrow. And and who even knows when I'll put this up. But X-Men Green number one, the print release. Ooh. So the original story. X-Men 92 number four. Ooh. The Hellfire Gala. Oh, yeah. 92. And then... A handful of our Judgment Day tie-ins. Oh, a handful. Like what? X Men number thirteen. Okay, the first, the first official issue of the new team. Yeah, X Force number thirty. Hmm. And AXE Death to the Mutants number one. Oh. But also, that's not even it. That's not even it. New Mutants number twenty-eight, finishing oh, up the labors gosh. of magic. Hotsy totsy. This is a huge week. Ay, ay, ay. You might have to do two it two episodes. Maybe. Maybe. And Daredevil number two, but you don't care. <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. That's, well, that's it. That's it. I mean, we did it. That that Recording that felt like, okay, I'm back in it now. I'm back in the groove. <laughs> my life is back on track. I did right. my podcast episode. I know what's going on with the mutants. I feel on top again. The mutants. The mutants. Until next time, old friend. Charles, where even were you? Are you dead? Yeah, good point. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 